0: Welcome reanimated fans. Hope everything is well out there. This is H. A. Conrad coming to you from Brooklyn, along with my intrepid co host and extraordinarily patient co host, Stuart Tiffin. Hello, Stuart. Hey.
1: <laughs> um, and everything is most assuredly not okay out here. However, we, we make we make, we do our best.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, there are some things going on here, too, but we'll talk about that in a minute. But, you know, sorry for the slight hiatus. There were some work things. And then, you know, your your genius co-host here did not press record last time. So we're going to have a bit of a double episode, not totally double episode, because as it turns out, the film that we were recapping last week was not necessarily the most exciting. Um, so we're uh, going to talk a little bit about Dead
1: in all honesty, also, it, this was partially my my call because I just didn't have it in me to, to talk about this movie twice in a, yeah, in a long uh, long format.
0: It is a fair call. Um, but And then we're going to be talking about um, Peninsula from the Train to Busan creators and um, quite a few little news items anyway um, and some kind of interesting things. So we're going to get into that. Um, but anyway, I'm glad to be back. And it is the dead of winter. Um, here in New York, we are, you know, looking at some, some pretty crazy cases. I think the thing in the news that is a little bit worrying to me in general is that there seems to be a lot more of the sort of mutated strains out there that they have found. And that's a little bit, uh, that's concerning just more because it doesn't feel like the vaccination rate is keeping up, um, to be able to tamp all that stuff down. Hopefully it'll get better, but, um, Definitely a little concerned about that. Um, technically, I am actually eligible to get the vaccine as of today. So, um, due nice. to, yeah, to, uh, due to the asthmas. Um, but uh, as it sort of stands, I think it's pretty hard to come by um any of those so we'll see what happens there but i'll keep everybody posted because i know everybody cares so much about this um but you know in general i saw that um at least in california the vaccines at some of the sites they had to shut some of them down because they just don't have enough um that's been happening a little bit here too everything drag um and i think because and this is exactly why i am probably not any anytime soon going to be able to do this but um Basically, over 4 million New Yorkers are now eligible um, for the vaccine, and they totally uh, destroyed the whole system as of yesterday because they opened it up, and nobody can get anything anywhere. So so hopefully that'll improve as the days go, go on, but I just think that the amount that they have is just outstripping, like the demand is outstripping that. So we'll see what happens. Um But yeah, so that's, and and then also I just saw in in other news, which is, again, not shocking, um, World Health Organization is saying that the Wuhan outbreak was a lot wider than they thought. And there was also probably, they counted at least like, I think, seven to 14 different strains of um, COVID, which definitely it makes sense that we're seeing so many different things going on Um, and they were happening a lot earlier than they thought Um, they're not being allowed to interview certain people so that's still sort of an ongoing project just to see to try to trace the timeline and I guess figure out a better way to fight these things in the future but um, I don't think anybody's shocked to hear that it was wider than everybody thought and this was as of december 19th which is pretty you know shortly after they even started talking about it so um you can kind of go backwards in time and figure if it was that f- far spread and if there was that much going on probably a lot earlier in the timeline things were happening right
1: and we'll so. never know exactly what happened in china
0: yeah so i mean you know plotting them for trying to try to find it out but man it's kind of crazy so what's going on on the the west coast
1: covid wise um, or in mm. general <laughs> in general it's been nice and rainy and mm. i'll take that every day well, that's of the week. a good thing um Otherwise, yeah, it's the same sort of stuff you're talking about, like the demand is strip, outstripping supply, um, some kind of worrying trends that seem to suggest that we're coming into a bit of a desert of supply too. Like not only are we, are we plateauing in terms of weekly uh, allocations, we might be actually going down. But that hasn't happened yet, and so I'm, I'm crossing my fingers that we still see the same increasing, if not maintaining allocation for the county every, every month, but mm. every week rather. We were getting, I think last week we got 8,000 doses. I, I'm hoping that we get at least that or more, you know, uh, this week. We we get our doses every Wednesday for the county. Um, and it's been good to see at least a little bit of an increase every week up yeah. until last week. And then I've just been hearing some... Some rumors that make me a little worried. But then I also see the administration is working on like, I don't know, hundreds of millions of of doses, securing hundreds of millions of more doses. And so
0: I I hope that they can pull that off. I do, too. And also, you know, for the Pfizer vaccine, just the needles that the special syringes where you can get extra doses out of that. I hope that there sounds like they were trying to increase supply of that. So hopefully that will help a little bit, at least. I mean, every little bit counts, right?
1: Yeah, um, the supply chain stuff for all of this must just be a nightmare. huge headache.
0: Right. And then, you know, the other thing that, again, we we don't know yet what's happening, but the Johnson & Johnson vaccine will probably be approved and start sending those out pretty soon, hopefully. I think probably within the next month is what it sounded like. Um, and while that doesn't have as high level of protection as some of the others, um, it does. It's at least one shot, so you could at least have some protection. And one of the things that it does do is that it does prevent sort of the more severe symptoms. So even if you did get it, um, it does it does help with that. One of the things that I am you know definitely seeing out there because this was uh, even I think this just happened yesterday or a day two days ago is that a couple of people out in Oregon there was like maybe three or four people that did contract COVID after their second dose of the Moderna vaccine, Um, which means it's probably, it it may be that there's the other strains kind of floating around. And that's like, this is what it is. It's like a race against that kind of stuff. And so um, it's just hard to keep up. Um, And one of the sort of at least I've seen in my neighborhood, and as you know, my neighborhood has been extraordinarily compliant with mask wearing, um, with the restrictions, um, but then they just opened up indoor dining again, and I think that that's, like, the worst thing you could possibly do right now, and I understand that these businesses are suffering, but I'm just, like, this isn't the time to do that, um, and, I also have noticed and this is not a slam on our elderly population but you know those are the, the those are the people that were first in line for the vaccine they are out in the neighborhood without masks this is anecdotal just what I've seen and I actually had a conversation with a couple of people cuz I was like where are your masks and they both said and these people were probably you know they're I would say probably running their 80s um, and they they were like well we don't need it cuz we have the vac- we've been vaccinated so The thing is, is that they don't, it doesn't stop it from being spread as far as they know. Even if you are vaccinated, it also doesn't totally stop you from getting it, clearly. So if there are the other strains going out. So, I mean, these things are a little concerning to me as sort of like what the overall result will be in terms of of getting vaccinated. So I'll admit my anxiety level is a little higher than it was about this kind of thing. So, yeah. You know, because even if I do, even if I am able to actually secure a slot, which at this point is pretty looking kind of unlikely for a while, um, I'm still going to be wearing my masks. You know, um, I even double mask. <laughs> so, yeah. you know, I don't know that I will be stopping any precautions that I have been taking because I still think I don't think it gives you the protection. It just makes hopefully you feel a little bit better that you won't get like the horrible type of it. But anyway,
1: well, I could also. uh my wife works for a nonprofit here in town, and and she um, she works with doing like grocery give uh, grocery yeah giveaways. I guess not like a competition, but like groceries for for families who need yeah. extra food during this pandemic. And and um, so she uh, in in that capacity of her work, she actually has had she had her second dose on Friday.
0: Oh, good. Did she um, get hit with she the been, side effects? She's
1: been knocked out. Yeah. yeah, she's had she had a fever yesterday. She's she was like super sore, wanting to be lying down a lot. Um, uh, and I'm hoping that this was like I haven't checked in with her this morning yet because it's still super early here. But I'm hoping that she is feeling much improved. And but I, I, she has heard from other people in her at her work who were laid out for like three days afterwards. Yep. Uh, but yeah, not to, that's obviously a different point from what you're making. But we're, we're still. I mean, she's going to be one one quarter of our yep. family has been vaccinated and the rest of us will not be vaccinated for a long time. But, um, yeah, I, I this is just such a slog. And I know a lot of people with the new year have been mm-hmm. like losing their minds um, as schools here continue to be closed. And it's just,
0: yeah, it's pretty. you know, I
1: went I was listening to one of our podcasts from April. Because I'm weird and I go back and listen to our podcast And I never
0: listen to our podcast again. I can't stand listening to my own voice.
1: <laughs> and uh, it was like April 10th or something. I'm like, yeah, man, we've been locked down for four weeks and I... I didn't realize this was going to be a marathon. <laughs> like, oh my God, poor sweet summer child. You have no idea what's
0: going. <laughs> Oh, I know. Believe me, I know. Bill and I were actually talking yesterday about, well, was there anything you would have done differently had you known it would be like a full year? And honestly, I just don't, it, my only thought was maybe we would have like moved into a bigger space somehow, but even that doesn't seem like it would have even been feasible, maybe. Um,
1: enough COVID talk as much as we love to wax on about it. <laughs> God, I hope we never talk about pandemics ever again after this, but yeah,
0: weirdly, we, I watched the the movie Outbreak last night just to see if it would like hold up.
1: It doesn't, but the but, Ebola, uh, yeah, du- the one Hoffman, with Dustin
0: Hoffman. There's a lot of yelling and a lot of like helicopter chasing, yeah. and it's just Monkeys. really. It's just not – it isn't what you would want it to be. Um, I don't think yeah. that, that that did as uh, well as as the other one. What was it? Contagion. The, yeah, Contag- Contagion I, was- I, re-
1: I did rewatch Contagion in the summer earlier in the pandemic, and I – it's a completely different beast, but it, there's a lot of very familiar uh, – vocab. Yeah. <laughs> when yep. you watch it you're like, "Oh wait, really?" Okay. Wet
0: markets? Yeah. I know. Um but anyway, uh but let's we we have some some cool news items. Um I will say wait, so do you know which which vaccine your wife got? Did she get Moderna
1: or She Pfizer? got Ma- Moderna.
0: Yeah, so my sister had who's a nurse also got it, and she said she basically slept for almost twenty four hours after the second dose. So
1: what's it, crazy is the first and the second doses are they're they're the same thing.
0: Like, well, there's no so what different they, makeup what between they,
1: first and seconds?
0: Well, so what they are saying it's because your body is familiar after the first dose. Your body's familiar with whatever's going on, and this is your body saying, "Oh, I recognize uh, uh, uh. this." No. <laughs> Oh, yeah, yeah. No, no. It's like it's basically saying, hey, I recognize this. I'm not going to let you do whatever it is. And so it's basi- I'm not cool with this. So it basically shows yeah. that the vaccine's actually working, but it sucks. Um, my sister basically was like, God, if anybody had told me that I needed to drive a car during that period of time, I wouldn't have been able to. <laughs> she was like just out. My, my niece, who's a teenager, was just like, what are you like? What I'm the one who's supposed to be sleeping a lot right now and all that. <laughs> and they were just giving her a hard time. But um, but it does get a lot better. So she's hopefully on the other end of it. Hopefully she feels better today. So, yeah, um,
1: man. Who who knows? Eventually we'll all have our vaccine second dose stories, I hope.
0: Yes, I hope so, too. Well, let's jump into our news items. We actually have a few cool little tidbits here.
1: We have a really, really pivotal question to ask everybody, which is who would win in a fight versus a a zombie, a tiger and a vampire? And James Gunn apparently weighed in on this in a video that was leaked on Twitter recently. And um, what's your take, first of all? Um, Zombies versus vampires and tigers can be like option C.
0: I kind of feel like the vampires are going to win overall because they maintain their um, intellect and they can jump and get out of the way of everything. And Mm -hmm. they're powerful. It depends, I guess, on the vampire genre you're going with. Right. Um, Are you you sparkly? All they have to do is like wait until nighttime and then they can just kind of take out everything. I, I kind of feel like the vamps would win.
1: Yeah. I mean, the thing is, James Gunn, director of, you know, Guardians of the Galaxy and other films, right? That's the same person. Yep. Um, his his take is like, oh, yeah, zombies. I haven't actually watched the whole clip, but I, my understanding is that he says zombies are only dangerous because there's a lot of them. Right. Which, But that is like an odd thing to just say uh, offhandedly. Well, you know, one zombie versus one vampire. Obviously, the winner would be the vampire. But zombies, there usually are a lot of them in the genre because – they have a an R whatever the (laughs) you know the transmission rate Mm -hmm. is like a million uh they bite one person that person changes um and we as a society are just not prepared for a pandemic of that magnitude Mm. masks are not right um so i feel like there are going to be a lot of zombies and vampires for whatever reason at least in the genre and the canon are always like really dainty about who they turn into vampires right It's like, oh, I I will lay this privilege upon you because (laughs) vampires are the the 1%.
0: Well, I guess if you, it depends on the vampire. I mean, if you go with like the strain, which are kind of vampires, or even the passage. They were,
1: yes, but those guys were different, right? A departure.
0: So that's more what I was thinking about was like that kind of crazy strength and all that other stuff. But I guess that is, you know,
1: that's kind of a a meld of of zombies and vampires, obviously. But then um, James Gunn also was like a tiger could kill of a zombie. Like if I was in the park and somebody said that there was a I I forget how the story went. But like if I was in the park and somebody said there was a zombie, I'd go about my day just being like, watch out for that zombie. It might be out here somewhere. And then if somebody was like, there's a vampire out here, he'd be like, I'm out. Peace. Yeah, pretty much. And then he also had a a theory about how tigers could kill zombies. And I'm like, have you not watched Walking Dead?
0: Guess not. Guess not. Um, But anyway, it's worth... It is just kind of funny, so watch it. Yeah. Um, And then also, just throwing in the the Guardians of the Galaxy theme here, there is this... um, an interview with david bautista um because he's going to be in army of the dead and he's really excited to be in this zack snyder thing he's apparently a really big zombie fan and one of the funniest little parts of this article is that he basically admitted that he had been trying to get on walking dead for years um even just as a zombie extra and was told no because he's so big (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Which I it's think... a real
1: concern. Like they have to put prosthetics on top of him, he'd look like Groot by the end of it. Yeah, I know.
0: But anyway, I thought it was like just a kind of a funny thing, and he seems pretty excited about it. Still, no word on the the timing of this release. I was really hoping he would leak something, or that somebody would add in something. But they just maybe keep they're saying, working
1: on the goddamn animated prequel still. Like
0: oh, probably. A, but you know? it, it, but it really they just keep saying 2021. So anyway, we'll we'll keep mm. looking forward to that. Keep an eye out for that one. I'm excited to see it, though. Um, yeah.
1: Also, there was a lot of like Twitter stuff. And some of this is older now. But Coleman Domingo had done a tweet a few weeks ago um, of the of the scene where he stabbed. Oh, God. What was the guy's name? Arjun or something um, The uh, from the molasses factory when he stabbed the dude in the leg and then used him as bait to um, to get to like yeah, basically save the day. Uh, and said like oh you think that this was bad just wait until uh, season 6b of fear the walking right. dead or 5b or whatever we're in cuz it's gonna uh, Strand has a long way down he can still go <laughs> and uh, right. it's just like holy crap it also served as a release date announcement of April 11th for that part of the season so we have that to look forward to in the near future but Strand is going to keep on being Basically, the big bad. Unless he yep. gets turned around by the amazing and uh, miraculous reappearance of Maddie Clark.
0: Yeah, but I mean, I kind of feel like they're going with this because the the whole big bad that they came up with, um, like the the cowboys and all this, you know, yeah. is not, not exactly not, really not exactly living up to expectations. So I think that they need to kind of make him the big bad because everybody knows how well he can do evil. So yep. he's more interesting. And then that chance of redemption is always there, or you're kind of like, oh, is he faking or whatever. So I think that's interesting. I'm I'm excited to to see this premiere. So I guess we'll be talking about that fairly soon. Um, and then um, you also found this whole thing with um, <laughs> uh, Mr. Howell, which like he made this one little weird like horseback appearance in The Walking Dead several years ago. It's several years now, right?
1: Oh, it was well. It was season. What was it? Season nine. Oh, okay. so two, two. Yeah, feels, two seasons ago. Feels
0: longer to me, but maybe well, that's where just. he
1: shows up in one. Like he's yeah. meeting. Um. God, I love the names have all gone out of my head. He's meeting like a convoy from Alexandria. Right. He's from King, King Top. And he's like, hello, uh, Maggie says something or something along those lines. Or maybe it, Maggie's probably not even on the show, but is she on the show in season nine? I think she is. Mm. He's like bringing a message to some Alexandrians from King Top, and then he rides off. And it's C. Thomas freaking Howl. Yep. Uh, Wolverines. Yep. Good Lord. And it turns out what? It was like somebody who was directing it. Was it a Cudlets episode or something? Yeah. And apparently and, and they were friends. friends with him. Yeah. And, and they're like, we need someone who can give dialogue and ride a horse and see Thomas Howells. Like, pick sure. me. Sure.
0: So anyway, he put up something and he's going to be making another appearance, which I think is phenomenal. And I'm, yeah. Maybe he'll become a, a bigger character, which I would be totally in support of. So that's kind of a fun thing. Um, and then another, um, thing that we had it came out and now by now probably people have seen it I still have not seen this because I have been saving all these episodes because I started to watch WandaVision but just um felt like I wanted to binge it more than just watch them one time I binged it
1: all yesterday oh you did okay but I mean it's not all out yet but it does it is a show that just gathers momentum and, and goodness as you watch more of it so I mean, it is like probably that makes it a good thing to binge but because it's hard for week to week.
0: Yeah, well, and that's kind of my that's why I decided to just wait because it's also this is not a show that Bill would enjoy. So I watch it on my own. Um, but in any case, the whole zombie verse or whatever you want to call it, the multiverses. Yeah.
1: I don't um, think this is a multiverse uh, Marvel zombie reference. Okay. I mean, it is like the, like the still that is associated with this article from CBR comic book reference right okay yeah
0: uh, comic book resources yeah
1: resources it is a photo uh, it is a still of vision as a like he's dead okay but i don't think that it is a, having watched more of it and with the introduction of another character who also has his own their own <laughs> storyline uh, death dead scene mm-hmm. like he they also appear dead okay in, in another scene and i'm like I think this is just, this is something else, okay. but yeah, it they do look like, um, dead versions of themselves, but yeah.
0: Well, it could also just be a little bit of fan service and a, a tip of the cap to this, but in any it case, zombie vision is terrifying. Um, and Not so any
1: zombie Marvel person is terrifying. Yeah. Forget about zombies versus vampires and tigers.
0: Yep. Yeah. So, so there's that. Um, so do you want to, was that everything?
1: Yeah. Uh, the so. day before a uh, video game tr- reveal trailer, ah. we talked about it the, like a week ago when it was somewhat fresh. There's a new zombie survival MMO coming out, and the reveal trailer looked good, as they often do. So we'll have to wait and see some gameplay and see if that's a game that um, we want to talk about more, or I want to talk about more. And AJ will indulge me All right. With, I'm fine. With, with I'm
0: fine. As we all know, the only reason that I don't get involved with these things is because I would become totally addicted, and I just it's just a bad idea for me, (laughs) but, um, but I like hearing about it, I think these things look cool, and they look really beautiful, so, um, well, let's, let's jump into talking about Deadlocked very briefly, and then we'll get into our Peninsula review, um, but for, you know, for those of you who follow our, our, podcast, um, we talked a little bit about this, um, film that came out, and it was made by, like, A couple of friends who knew each other from, I think, high school. Um, And, you know, it is very similar to um, the Italian film that we had reviewed, probably. The End of the World? Yeah, I think that's what it's called. But it's like, but that was, you know, um, and I think it obviously stole a lot from that. Um, But in in clearly the movie's on a budget, but there's a couple of big commentaries i will make about it one is that i just thought that it was you know there there was some definitely good potential here but the characters weren't nearly as interesting i felt like if you're gonna you know you have a limited budget so they had like the the, you know they're locked in the elevator and then they've got you know the building set and whatever but you know this is a very white cast in a time when it's probably pretty easy to find actors to work right now so i thought that that was kind of stupid um, and less, it made it a little less interesting. Um, the cast itself, like the characters themselves were just not. They were very, like sketchy, um, very just superficial. And so I didn't feel like, at least in the other film, you you got the sense as as unlikable as the character work was and irredeemable as he was, he was at least kind of interesting to watch him go through what he was going through. Um, yeah, so, it's a fundamental
1: difference between those two films, where that dude was by himself in an elevator for ninety eight percent of the movie. This one had five people in there at first, and I think it was definitely a case of one or two too many people right. in the elevator, and like that that just watered down all of the interactions. And also you were dealing with slightly less experienced, probably cast members, uh, not as good of a script and, you know, a, a slew of other issues that probably related to budget.
0: Um, there were a couple really good zombie actors in this. I thought that was okay. Yeah. And there was definitely a couple moments and, and ideas. Look, like some of it looked great, but it's sort of like, okay, we already know that if you have a limited budget, you can make things look a lot better than they ever have any right to look at this point. Um, there's just so much technology has come so far. Um, And so it really is on whoever is writing the script um, and putting these stories forth, especially if you have such sort of like a limited space. Um, I think it's a good point that you were talking in the other film. It's like one dude pretty much alone. They did a couple of things to make um, to have him interact with other people. But he had to carry a lot of that film on his own and he was really Mm -hmm. good at doing it and Yet this film felt, even though it was like barely over an hour, um, it it felt like it could have been cut even more. Like it just was not. Um, it plotted a lot, um, and yeah. so I think if you're if you're into the zombie genre and you're looking for something to throw on, I don't think it's like the worst thing in the world, but I wouldn't watch it again personally.
1: Um, like I don't think we talked about this the last last week when we talked about it and what didn't record it, but um, you know, thinking about it now. <laughs> Like, they had three people walk away at the end of this movie. They didn't need to have three. Right. They could have had one person walk away. Right. And so, like, strip it down. I mean, I think this is a movie that could have really benefited from a smaller, smaller right. cast, better dialogue and character development for those fewer people. And you would have had a better recipe.
0: Right. And actually, there were moments, especially with some of the decisions with the filmmaking, where I actually was convinced that this was going to be either a flashback, like you were going to flash forward to somebody. Just the way it happened felt very, um, you know, almost as if there was some future timeline kind of thing going on, and that's not actually what happened. It was just kind of like poor storytelling in the terms of the filmmaking. Um, And again, I thought that that would have been kind of an interesting twist to see, Um, like which point of view was this coming from? Like, is there a character here that survives and the others didn't? And I honestly thought that's where it was going to go is that there was just one that walked away and they didn't do that. So, um, and look, I'm not, I'm all about coming up with these projects and the smaller projects. I think those are awesome. I just think that everybody is so capable of doing better things now that you can't just sort of fall and be like, oh, it's a zombie movie. So it's like. it's going to be crappy. And, you know, this didn't even have that level of cheesiness, which is part of the genre sometimes. And, like, I think if you're going to go that route, you have to have a really good script and a good sense of humor to go along with it. Like, it's got to have some kind of chops. And I don't feel like this did. So Yeah. And so anyway. Um, So... On to our next. Uh, are you ready to chat add about oh, the next? Just
1: to to round it out. That was deadlocked, and I know you said that earlier, I'm but sorry. that was that movie came out this year. It's on Amazon Prime. We don't recommend it, but it's out there, and you can watch it. Yeah, uh, yeah. And and then this one, this next one is, and I, I I just wrote Peninsula in our in our show notes, but it's actually like the Train to Busan presents right. Peninsula.
0: Well, I think that they were doing, and and let's talk a little bit about this. Um, so, um, Train to Busan, who which everybody I I hope at this point has watched, um, was really truly an incredible film. Um, it took the world by storm. Um, it actually this along with a few other um, Korean. Like films have now just gotten a ton of um, a ton of press, a ton of critical acclaim. I think Train to Busan, in terms of the horror genre, was just really great, and in the zombie genre. Um, I also like. There's been some really cool things coming out of Korea now. Dude, um, yeah,
1: like Parasite won best Parasite, picture in 2019. And actually,
0: the director, um, um, uh, Yeon Sein Ho, basically said that. Um, he owes a lot <laughs> to, to the um, to to parasite to to that director uh, was is a Ban Jun Ho I think, um, but it, like he basically was talking about you know he I think he was somewhat surprised at the acclaim that Train to Busan got and the popularity, um, but you know we both really enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that the things about Train to Busan that made it, there was a lot going on there. And there's, you know, within these films, there's been a lot of commentary about um, the political situation in Korea, in North and South Korea. Um, there's been a lot about the economic situation. Um, so, it, like, it's it's interesting. And, and, I mean, look, I feel like the whole film world could be better with having... Um, you know, having more diversity in general and storytelling. And I think that this was definitely one of those that just kind of uh, started, you know, this was just in, in a line of really good films and there's so much out there. Um, and Bong Jun ho also did... Um, a horror film called The Host at one point, which, have you ever seen that, Stuart? I, th- I, th-
1: I think so. Isn't that movie, like, at least 12 years old? Yes, but yeah.
0: it's the same, like, he's been kind of dealing with this, like, that was a horror genre thing, amaz- just amazingly well done, um, and he also did, obviously, like, Snowpiercer, um, so, you know, which is now a um, series, which I have not yet watched. Have you watched it? I haven't
1: it? seen any of it, no, um, and, and it's, it's got some people that I love in it. Isn't Jason Momoa in yeah, there? Yeah,
0: yeah, it's got some really good people in it, so I was going to suggest that at some point we check that out um, but in any
1: <laughs> what you don't want to watch it I mean we, we uh, yes I will watch it I, I thought that we were on the same page that Snowpiercer the movie was kind of a not not awesome
0: well I would say that except the series is getting a lot of good reviews so okay
1: so did Snowpiercer just want to point that I out I know movie.
0: but I will also point out that the director had to do some things with that that he wasn't necessarily on board with and I think that's in part why it wasn't as good as it could have been um, yeah. So maybe with the series, they've gotten a little bit more uh, uh, freedom to do the things that they want to do. But
1: one of the things that I respect about Train to Busan was how metaphorical and a lot Correct. of the, the Korean stuff that we've watched has been pretty like it, you can tell that they are they are going for metaphor. And it's not always super heavy handed. But in the case of Snowpiercer, it was actually all mostly metaphor and less, you know, the the things you need to carry a metaphor uh, without it becoming too much of like reading dante's inferno right. In high school all over again uh, and So train to busan was definitely a metaphor and when you read the backstory it had a lot to do with that terrible ferry accident that had happened in south korea and mm-hmm. the uh, culpability of like greedy corporations and government in in uh, in action, I guess um, and honestly, I was listening to an episode of um Pop Culture Happy Hour, which is an NPR podcast I listened to, and they were talking about BTS, the uh, the huge K-pop band. Mm-hmm. Um, and they also have songs that were hugely influ- influenced by that ferry disaster. And it's yeah. like one of their most popular songs that they've ever written. And they, like it's like this cultural thing of right. everybody was really impacted by this, and it turned into all this like pop culture stuff. And, and so Train to Busan was one of those – and um, I think that movie like has a lot of, I, I don't know. I don't know if it has more impact because of of the way that they're trying to deal with that subject.
0: Well, I mean, um, even when you're looking at Parasite and when you're looking at uh, Snowpiercer, when you're looking at The Host, I mean, all of these underlying themes are there. Um, I think Train to Busan was definitely much more like direct about it. Um, in terms of the storytelling about what they're talking about. But Parasite itself was, I think, um, you know, I think that if you don't live in Korea... Like and you don't you're not like necessarily like because we just don't hear a ton of the stories about it like all the time, and so I thought that they did a great job at sort of highlighting some of the the ongoing conversations and, and problems that are happening mm-hmm. there. And look, the economic disparities is some, like the class disparities, all that is something that we're seeing worldwide. um But you know, mm-hmm. I think at least like within Parasite, just the the way that you see the main characters kind of going through. Um, The things that they're going through, it's just really just... um, I think everybody was expecting that to be maybe sort of more of a, like, fantastical horror genre, and it wasn't. Um, And then it suddenly, like, just snowballed into this crazy thing. Train to Busan is definitely a different... um, It's it's another kind of commentary, and obviously a lot more dramatic and had, like, those massive set pieces and things like that.
1: Um,
0: Yeah. And I will say that, you know, the director... With this sequel, made no bones about the fact that now he had like a ton of money and he wanted to like just do a big Hollywood film. And, on, you know, I would say unfortunately, I think it maybe suffered because he I think wanted it, it to do It definitely
1: suffers from that, but you can still see, I can still feel the bones oh, under yeah. that of the same sort of storytelling. And that's what makes this movie enjoyable still. To me, and I'm giving this one a thumbs up for Peninsula. I was worried that it was just going to be a garbage fire, and there are definitely problems. Yeah, there's problems with it,
0: but I didn't find it. I found it enjoyable to watch, and I, you know, I don't think at least the version I saw, it's interesting because I saw it was like supposed to be an hour and a half, but what I saw was two hours long, and so I don't know what happened, or maybe this was like the direct, I don't know if this was just a longer cut of it that got released on Amazon Prime, Um, but it was a a lot longer than i was anticipating but it didn't there were some really good um one of the things that i think that this director um uh sein ho does really really well um is setting these kind of really incredible sets and setting the the mood for those sets like it's very dark um he's uh, pulling yeah. a, what
1: i mean I, uh i don't want to just go against you on this but i um i feel like yes he the set's were really good in Train to Busan. I don't know that these were as successful. Oh, I I don't think
0: that they were as successful. I still think they look very... Like there's a a lot of attention to detail and lighting. It feels very like honestly, he's pulling a lot from like um, Escape from New York or like yes, that's or, a
1: big parallel. That oh, people definitely. Point to and for then there's film.
0: a lot of Mad Max going on here. Both Thunderdome and Fury Road, I would say, have a pretty. There's mm. definitely homages upon homage to to those films here. Um, I do think that um, just the the mood and the setting in terms of that stuff. It, if you're not comparing it to Train to Busan, uh, it's, is it's also
1: yes. It's also it's it's impressive the scope, the scale, the 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 vision that they have. Right. I would say though that it leans way too much on CG. Yeah. Because they, I they think it has to because bit. that's what they that's what they were trying to make happen, and you can't create a ruined Inch incheon I don't know how to pronounce anything in Korean. I'm so yeah. sorry. I don't. I don't think you can create. The ruins of that city and show it at night but still be visible without CG and it's just this movie does suffer from too much CG and from some sets. Uh, That feel like sets, and to compare
0: it to Train to Busan, some of the most successful. And and this is the one. This is my my one big issue with this whole film. Um, I did find it enjoyable. So let's let's just be clear about that. I found it enjoyable. I liked watching it. I think if you weren't into zombie films, you're gonna like this. um, Just as an entertaining little like romp is what I would call it. Um, I don't think that it's as successful as Train to Busan for a few reasons. One is. Is that I think that they relied really on these like very specific sets that the reason why it was so scared is because scary is because they are like kind of everyday places. I e the the whole train station scene that you and I love so much, the choreography mm-hmm. of that scene was so incredible. Smaller spaces, um you've got like the zombie actors were just phenomenal. The makeup was amazing. And you really were relying on these very specific things that made it much more real and close. And in this case, I felt like the, the zombies in this film were kind of like just – they were taken out of the mix. They weren't as scary.
1: Um, they're, they're still scary. But, yeah, this mm-hmm. is this movie also – well, there's two parts. Well, there's lots of parts of it. But the, mo- the majority of it is four years after – zombocalypse four years after train to busan is happening um but in the first in train to busan they never kill a zombie i think Mm -mm. that we ever see because they're just like using their fists and magazines or whatever the hell they have to to try and like beat zombies down long enough for them to get into the next train car like that's a lot of the action right this movie they kill thousands of zombies right and they have they have machine guns they're great at headshots they're great so it is like a very different approach to the zombie and you're right that they are less lethal But they're still, I mean, by the end of this film, the the trope of the the established uh, zombie survival base that's about to collapse, that trope is in this film. And that base collapses very quickly because these are fast zombies that bite you once and you turn. Yep. Obviously, all zombies bite you once and you turn. But you turn, like, right away with the Train to Busan zombies.
0: Right. Although there's a couple of, I don't know.
1: There are some, yeah, there's, like, some weird uh, gestation stuff going on, too.
0: Right. Um, But... I mean, my point is that you're not seeing them. You're seeing them more. Um, and again, this is like a point, like this is the part where CGE just is not as successful. Um, and it reminded me a little bit of World War Z in yes. that they kind of overdid it to the point where, you know, the, when they're really scary is when you can kind of see individualized things happening. The reason why the train scene and train, or the station scene in Train to Busan was so successful is that the way the camera was panning, you were almost following like this... Kind of like, uh, you were following these characters, but you could really see the the zombies. They were terrifying because you could kind of see the individualized. I mean, these were amazing actors, acrobats, dancers, whatever they were, but their movements were terrifying because you could see it. This was mm-hmm. like, people are moving so fast, half of it's in the dark. Again, that little trick with CG that people try to do, hey, we'll put a lot of this in the dark so it's not as obvious that things are really bad. Um, and that, I think, was, was part of the... the the problems I had with this film, but from a storytelling perspective, I mean, you know, I got no, I have no problem with. It. It's like, okay, we're, you know, we we follow this guy that leaves, um, leaves Korea. Um, he's on one of the last boats out. We see his story. We see how he was affected by this. This is very much a Romero type of telling, in that it's still in the same universe, but it's not the same like, group, basically. Um, and this is, again, fast-forwarded, so we see a different part of this. Um, when you
1: say Romero, you mean, like, the difference between Night of the Living yeah. Dead, Dawn of the Dead, Day of the Dead? Like, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. this is
0: this is his way of telling things. Um, and I do think that it can be successful in a cool way to, to show different parts of it. I just, I guess I wanted to see a little bit more. I wanted to see a little bit more about how this civilization was working versus the rest of the world. Um, I don't know, like... They're, like, the whole premise that they're going to send in, like, this group of people from Hong Kong because there's, like, trucks of money there, I mean, I guess that works. I think this is
1: a very believable premise.
0: It is. It is. And I
1: think that the movie does a good job of propping it up, too, because even... Even when you realize that there are people living in Incheon still, uh, the unit six three one and Private Kim is like, I don't get it. Why would anybody come in here for this truck full of useless money? Mm-hmm. Like he's of the opinion that this doesn't make any sense. But people in Hong Kong, where there's still right. a society and still currency and a market, they're like, there's all this money in Korea. We need to go get that money. I well, think no, it makes sense.
0: No, I think that that makes sense. But I wanted to hear a little. I just wanted to see a little bit more of the the. Sort of how the other parts of the world were interacting or, or dealing with this somehow, mm-hmm. um, which I know is hard to tell in this kind of a movie, but there's
1: not a lot of time for that yeah. either because the like it's the first act of the film is not only, and I, I have given all these people, um, you know, alternate names because I can't do names in uh, Korean. So Captain Sadness is the lead, uh, the male lead. And after his sad beginning, uh, where he also runs into Power Mom, uh, which I did not see that coming, that oh. they were going to be reunited later. Um, and, and gets out with, but loses his sister and his nephew, but keeps brother-in-law, like the 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 way that this movie kind of moves with the relationships, I did not always expect it, and I thought that, that was a no. A I thought good that was a pretty it.
0: good thing. Yeah, and I liked that they brought her back. I mean, basically, he dissed her. She she and they aged her forward or aged the kid forward a little bit. So he basically had the opportunity to help her. He didn't. Admittedly, she was one of many people trying to get into, um, you know, trying to get rescued, and and he had one focus. And I think it's like. Okay, so what are you gonna do? And and so that was sort of like coming back to haunt him because he saw yeah. her and he like noted her and saw if he her had kid. taken
1: them. They'd probably be dead. With well, right,
0: because everybody died on sister. that ship. So, um, so there's that.
1: But yeah, there's certainly that basement room. Um, and and you know, there's also this like one of the weaker parts of this film. Not yeah, is the 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 English language news interview exposition. Yeah, festival. that was weird. Because uh, the woman doing the interview is asking questions <laughs> unlike any interview I've ever right. seen, just like, and what do you think about
0: I know. the way these
1: zombies uh, and, and the guy is just like giving these very matter of fact answers. But it, it, there is a lot of information there, like the fact that Busan fell. Like so anybody who might have been living at the end of the Train to Busan movie is gone. Mm, Probably. probably gone unless they also got out of Dodge. Right. Uh, the fact that North Korea, it's like, it's actually giving props to North Korea. They're like, so the yeah. only safe place on the peninsula was
0: North Korea. There
1: were a safe And, and the guys like, I think you're referring to North Korea. And right. they don't, I wish they'd gone into more detail about well, that's how that would ta- So
0: that's part of what I'm talking about is that I would, that's part, I'm like, okay, you're going to stop there. Um, and then <laughs> there's the sort of weird commentary. So you've got Power Mom who is um, uh, Min Jun and her kids uh, Junie and um, what is the other
1: Eugene
0: and Eugene, um, and then uh, Grandpa, old Kim, old man Kim, basically old man
1: Kim, and that is an official. Apparently. That is actually
0: his name. Um, and then you've got our main army guy, the captain guy, uh, uh, Junseok. Um, and again, I apologize. Captain Sadness is is a better name, I think, for us to call him. Um, and then we've also, you know, so. You have him basically going in, and this whole family dynamic, um, they basically rescue him after the ill-fated attempt to get into the... The car or the the armored truck um, with his his brother in law and the other two people that don't live very long, the former taxi driver,
1: the taxi driver and the young man who knows how to like start cars, like that's right. their crack team of, <laughs> right. of Korean um, refugees
0: and you know so they there is like some good chase scenes and there's the whole very much like get in if you want to live kind of thing um, that Junie. Junie basically tells Captain Sadness, "Hey, hop in here." And there's like, there's pretty funny things w- with her whole driving skills, and, yeah. and I the, like the to... movie
1: wants us to really love these two kids mm-hmm. because of how useful they are. But honestly, the driving stuff is one of the weakest things yes. about the whole film, yeah. and, and it, that's her whole character. She's like a confident teenager, and that's cool.
0: And then the um, robot, the driven robot with the little kid, I'm just like, oh no. Um, but but in any case, it. it shows you the and then you know once he's brought back into the fold of the family and they aren't you know they're not living with on this base because uh, clearly it's a little bit it's a little dicey they're doing the whole Mad Max Thunderdome thing well, with Yeah, let's
1: let's talk quickly about the the way that this so unit 631 is the name of this I guess they were police who were supposed to be saving people mm-hmm. in incheon And then um Power Mom says but they now they're all crazy and yeah. like they obviously got out of dodge too. And um this reminded me of like a clear um, analog to me is 28 days later where yeah. um the soldiers who were responsible for manning this checkpoint have retreated to the mansion and are sending out a radio signal to try and get ladies to yes, come there whatever they want like the they've ladies. clearly they've gone off the deep end the cap, their lieutenant or whoever is doing it for morale reasons i guess and i don't know what so i'm trying to like come up with what is the the uh, motivator for Unit Six Three One, Captain SEO, sorry, Captain SEO,
0: <laughs> is SEO. Uh, I think, yeah.
1: He's he doesn't make sense to me as a character. Like he should have been over overthrown. Like like compared to the rest of his men, he well, wears this like big blazer. He's a little bit too like pretty looking yeah. and doesn't seem to have the like clearly. Cat, uh, Sergeant Huang is threatens to kill him and private kim very early on when we know him mm-hmm. but it's that's why it doesn't make sense that Cap, the captain is still in charge in any way. Well, in game anyway, I mean, it's
0: later. weird because, like, clearly they've overthrown all the other pieces of their hierarchy, so that's why it's weird. Um, well, the
1: sergeant is still a power figure. Yeah, I mean, he's a
0: power figure, and they go out. They are the ones foraging for food, but yet the private, the private, and the captain um, Seo are basically in charge of sort of doling out all of this stuff. And I agree with you; it, does, it doesn't seem quite right that they would still be in charge because there doesn't seem to be any. I mean, maybe politically he's popular, but it just, I mean, I'll also point out that it just feels like all you see are a bunch of the people in this, like, kind of nutty band of, uh, uh that, that Captain Juan sorry, Sergeant uh Juan runs to like And they
1: are bananas. Like they're like they're crazy. cackling, they're laughing, they're four years in. I mean the obviously twenty eight days later, those guys were a month in. Yeah. And they and were it seemed kind a little a and little honestly it end. seemed a
0: little bit far fetched that they would have gone that far off the deep end in that short amount of time, but hey um They weren't
1: nearly as insane and cackly as Unit Six Three One guys are. Unit
0: Six Three One is definitely like crazy. And again, um, they're you know they bring the money in and like it's all like it does show the world pretty well that they're crazy. But I agree, it's a little tenuous as to why they would still be totally cool with this dude being in charge because he also, I mean, and they even point out like he just sits in his little room um, and you know doles out things and you know there's definitely the weight of this particular and he feels upset because he's had to do a lot of horrible things like the thunderdome stuff where they bring basically uh random survivors they find out in the wild and pit them against the the zombies and treat them basically like gladiators or like wild dogs which is what they call them um but you know i feel like could it, maybe I missed something and maybe there was something more to this, but I felt like that bit of world building ha- fell a little short. Um, and, but again, like I liked the, the sets of this were pretty bleak and, uh, just like the, even the whole, um, the whole art quote unquote arena with the water at the bottom and all yeah. that stuff going on, I thought was pretty well done. Um, but you can definitely see why power mom and her kids and her dad are not going to be cool with being here. Cause they certainly wouldn't have survive very long um if they had lived here and they're very much like these guys are like totally crazy um but again it's like sort of it's sort of this whole world where people are living in this very small bubble um having to figure out how to survive and you know this is one theme that i was like hmm i'm not sure about what this says because first you know the the thing that you mentioned about north korea but there's things that both the kids say like multiple times which is like oh this world isn't that bad because we've got each other um and that commentary is sort of like oh well you can live in a hell but it's okay as long as you've got family i'm not sure that that's necessarily the best theme but um (sighs) what do you think about that (laughs)
1: I think that 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 strikes a chord with me because I've been seeing that more and more on on social media lately about people comparing mostly about parents complaining about mm. and young people complaining about the pandemic and how it's like taking a toll on their mental health and mm. people saying, well, you know, in Bosnia, they didn't have power for three years and yep. just tough up and, and be a better person. And I'm just like, screw you, man. When somebody says something is hard and they're having a hard time. You know what the best thing not to do is? It's to tell them it's not as hard of to a tough time. up. Yeah. yeah it, you don't have it so bad. No. Say, you know what? Yeah, this sucks, man. Um, Let's get through can it. can I help? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so uh, I, I do think it's a little bit magical thinking to be like, well, it's okay. We've got our crazy grandpa and our mom is... Has rifles now, and we drive around and and kill zombies by the dozen. Because and we have our, enough
0: ramen to keep us tieded.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um, Maybe I mean they, they obviously paint their little like construction site home a little bit rosy. Yeah. Cause the lighting in there is very warm and. Yeah, like, it's, it's just, definitely
0: a different world from the one where the. Uh, whatever they are, uh, where the sergeant and the, and the captain Seo and all those folks are living. It's definitely a little bit, it, it is a small little oasis in there. And you even, you even feel that when, um, when like, uh, uh, Jin Suk wakes up there, like it does feel as if like, oh, for a, for the moment I'm safe, even though it's like a tenuous safety, you know? Um, so I like so there there's definitely things I liked about it in terms of that kind of thing. I do think that like the heist stuff was kind of fun. Um you know when they have to sneak in to ju- Again, the focus on the money though just feels a little weird, but
1: um well, it, I, I mean know. the money in a way is just their key to yes. get on the boat. Yes. Like I don't think they're really worrying about money so much. Although Captain Sadness has been living in Hong Kong destitute. He's True. grown out his hair. He's wearing his Freddy Cougar sweater. Like, yep. things are not great for him at the beginning or the, you know, right, end but, of the first act. Right, but, I mean, act.
0: it also doesn't feel necessarily like the money's going to help that situation. So, I guess maybe his journey of redemption with his family is supposed to to help that. And you do Clearly, feel that with him. that's the
1: most valuable thing he's mm-hmm. got going for him. Yep. But, you know, if you think about it, in terms of what his life was like in Hong Kong before, uh he will at the end of the movie, if you just skip to the very end, what's going to be so different for him other than he has a helicopter ride? I mean, at the end of it, they're going to put him down somewhere and he'll still be an expatriate right probably persona non grata but now he'll have um a woman and two children to care <laughs> to for to
0: support but they seem I pretty our mom
1: will take care of herself let's not well, you know she
0: she's pretty scrappy so i have no doubt she can she can kind of make things work um and she seems to to pretty much just tell captain sadness to buck up all the time so i think i think they have a dynamic that can work here and Maybe. you know. I hope so he went back to get her, so you know there he he redeemed himself, and maybe everything will change after that point, right?
1: Um, yeah. So the the money though is like a weird key. Uh, I'm not huge fan of the triads in Hong Kong somehow being run by a white American guy. I don't think yeah, that's that ever been weird. the case or ever will be. No, I'm pretty sure. That, I mean, I've seen enough Chow Yun Fat movies to know that those are those are run by English people. If anybody who's from outside of town, right?
0: Definitely not that dude who looks like I don't even know what he looked like, oh, but was... with the
1: it's I don't funny know. about this movie is it's got all these white actors who only do movies in Korea yep. and China. <laughs> yeah. Um, like there's a, a guy on the ship, uh, um, like he's he's giving he's on IMDb like Michael Stone or something like that. Yeah,
0: and he is. And in he's a like lot of these. American
1: captain, and he's got a full beard on, yep. on his, with his uniform. And then you look at his IMDb and he's like he's done like yeah a bunch of cool Korean movies mm-hmm. and, and TV shows, but uh it's just it's just interesting like the people that they get for these roles
0: yeah but i mean look i definitely think this is a fun thing to watch um, is it as deep or is it as enjoyable as the first, as the the train to Busan? I don't think so. But I also think that that's not what the director was going for. He, As, as he said, he was like, oh, I've got all this backing. I want to do a really big Hollywood film. And honestly, you know, George Romero kind of did the same thing mm-hmm. um, to some extent as he got into his later films, although he still kind of kept the bones of it. Um, but it was certainly, you know, I definitely think that um, being ambitious on this level isn't a bad thing. Um, I saw that a lot of critics really panned this, um, and I didn't think that it deserved as many of the negative reviews as it got, personally. Well,
1: they're they're judging it based on its proximity to its you know, predecessor. Right. And that's, and I, that's fair.
0: It's fair, but I feel like if you're looking at it, and I would totally watch other films in this world if he decided to make them, and I do think
1: oh, yeah. that it's That I want to see inter- that North Korean uh, yeah. expansion. Because there's something that feels a little bit like oh, I wish we were communists. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, that was <laughs> you know? like just an odd. Yeah, so I, I want to know more about that. And I would definitely be excited to see more stories in this world, um, just to see what he has to say and what he would do with it. And so I do hope that he continues with it, though he may be sick of it at this point. And so who knows, maybe he's going to try to do something else. Um, but I do think that, you know, the the sort of, like yeah, it's like a big, it's a big set piece thing. One of the bigger complaints that people made about it was that it just wasn't adding to the genre. Well, it's a freaking zombie genre, all. Like you know, I'm sorry, but this is. I I think, certainly, you can expect with any kind of a sequel like this that got the attention trained to Busan, got that there is going to be. Um, maybe a little bit, like, over overly inflated expectations, um, and I think that's definitely part of this. Like, I think if you manage your expectations and watch this, um, you're still going to be happy if you like zombie films. So, um, yeah. and we d- will,
1: however, have to struggle through the final scene of the film mm. where Jane from yes. Malaysia, the U. First of all, I, I really wish that they had come up with a different ending for this. Jane showing up in her helicopter with the UN is the least likely yes. outcome. Yes, yes, um, It's fu- it's funny that um, that old man Kim did actually have this connection to the UN. Right. That's right. that's kind that of that's a funny part. joke. But that would have been just as funny as if uh, if if Jane had met them once they'd been evacuated, because the U.N. is not the um, let's send in a single helicopter to a zombie apocalypse world and save people organization. They're, you know, like they sit on the sidelines until they absolutely have to get involved.
0: Well, Um, maybe in this case, they had just
1: if they had waited until nightfall and lured all the zombies off the boat and stolen the boat. because That's a perfectly functional boat. That would have been a good ending.
0: And that's where I thought they were going to do with it. Like, I wasn't anticipating this, but maybe it was just to... I mean, look, I think we have to give old man Kim some props. Like, maybe this was a love connection, and then she was like... Mm bringing all of her power to bear to bring this one helicopter in. And and that's how I choose to think about it. But I do agree with you. I think it would have been a lot more interesting if they, because this is like a group of people that's very scrappy and smart. And I think that that would have been more interesting to definitely like hijack the boat and get rid of the zombies. And also it would have provided a little bit of symmetry from the first part of the movie where basically the whole boat was like kind of taken over. It would have been kind of nice to see them, sort of exert their power on this and and take all the power away from the zombies. They've, they've
1: shown... And Ju- uh, Junie, the t- driving teenager, has definitely shown how adept she is at using, like, fla- uh, headlights yep. and... Things to get zombies to do things, yep. and so I feel like they set up the whole movie I know. to show us how well they can move zombies around. Well, it and so me, why not use it here? It made
0: me wonder if there had maybe been some discussion, and and maybe they changed the ending. I wouldn't be shocked to find out that there was probably an alternate ending to this. Yeah. Um, and if you remember, this would this took a long time to be uh, released.
1: Well, it was also in the middle of the pandemic. Um, it was,
0: but they also had, like, they were talking about how they were editing and re-editing different things. So I, I tried to do a little bit of research, didn't find out much about that. So I am going to do a little bit more just to see if there was anything that I missed. But um, it definitely wouldn't shock me to find out that that maybe had been the plan and or maybe somewhat of a plan. Um, but, you know, it was also, at this point, two hours long. I definitely think they could have cut some of the chase scenes and some of the... You know, there was definitely well, a lot you s- could have. They
1: spent so much money down. on those. I <laughs> know, but they so, so they didn't want to
0: let them go. But you sometimes have to kill your darlings um, to make yeah. it a better film, and that's the only place where I think. And and again, I watched the two hour cut of it, so maybe the hour and a half cut was a little more uh, slimmed down. Um, but I just thought that that was the one thing I noted was that I would have preferred a little bit more of their ingenuity at the end, because I think that would have made a more dramatic ending.
1: The version I saw on Google was also an hour and 55 minutes, so I don't know um, where the hour and a half one is. Um, And I do have one more gripe about that end scene where it just, they, okay, they take so freaking long to get back on the helicopter and and to the point where Jane is just holding on to the children looking, Mm -hmm. I don't know, 50 feet into the parking lot where there's a zombie horde coming and being like. Yeah, your mom should probably kill herself, but um, it's fine. Everything's fine. Yeah, It just it's such a weird pace. It's very strange. That final scene that I don't understand it at all. They have like the the, the UN troops do run around a little bit, but there's and, and, you know, Captain Sadness runs and Power Mom runs as well as she can. But why aren't, why isn't everybody on the helicopter waiting for them? Like, it just doesn't make any sense to me. And I know that's probably a small gripe, but it no, was I, really, I, felt I was the just same pounding way. my fists watching the end of the film.
0: I felt the same way. And it was like, it was a little frustrating. So, you know, I'll give you that. Um, yeah. But, you uh, know. So other
1: things that I did enjoy were how trashed and John looks when they do some shots, when they're first sailing in and there's just, there's just garbage in the water. There's yeah, boats yeah, everywhere. Yeah, it's pretty good. And then when they're flying out again, it's you just, they, they've it. done it's some cool. really nice What's CG, but they've done really nice set dressing in terms of how terrible everything looks. Um, and I, yeah, like you've said, I would see another film set here, um, yeah, it's
0: some awesome. version of
1: this world. I think that they, they have a really expansive world view, and I want to hear more about it. And they've, you know, they've set up this like dichotomy of the world around South Korea, and in South Korea. And I think that there's so much to explore there.
0: Yeah, agreed. Um, so I'm not going to give it the negative reviews others gave it. Um, I liked it. And I mean, look, I'll, I'll fully admit that maybe some of it is also because we've watched some really like like not so wonderful <laughs> films of late. So yeah. it was somewhat of a relief to watch something that to me was a lot of fun and moved along. Um, yeah. But I still think that this the director is fantastic um, and I would watch. More that whatever he has to offer at this point, I would watch it. Um, I just really enjoy, and I enjoy uh, like I mean, come on, Kingdom, all this stuff coming out of Korea, uh, is is really interesting to me, and so I, I truly have enjoyed it, and I want to see more. So I'm glad mm-hmm. that they're getting the accolades because they truly deserve it, and I think that, um, you know, some of the some of the naysayers about the Hollywood piece of this film. I, I just think that they need to, to chill a little bit. So that's just one, one person's opinion. But um, I, you know, I want to hear what our listeners have to, to say about this. So if you've watched this and, and have some thoughts, send us an email, reanimatedpodcast at gmail.com, Send us uh, a tweet, reanimatedpcast, or you can leave a note on our site, which is reanimatedpodcast.com
1: that's uh, all true and then you should also come back next time because we're, yeah. we have another uh zombie movie in the pipeline before walking dead comes back on the air which we're very excited about and that is going to be exit humanity colon a zombie saga we're going to the uh civil war y'all
0: i'm excited about civil war zombies that can be fun
1: yeah this has gotten some good uh like audience reviews i haven't read anything um you know, Rotten Tomatoes style. Okay. But uh, let's uh, let's have you know medium expectations.
0: Okay, <laughs> no problem. Uh,
1: if nothing else, that's what 2021 has taught us so far, at least in zombie film, and uh, and let's let's enjoy it.
0: Awesome. All right. Well, until next time, take care, everybody, and ciao.
1: Thank you, and bye.